Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music Is Not A Genre's Podfest. Oh, yeah, these are getting a little bit too close for my comfort. Anyway, this is number six in the Podfast series, and I'm going to try to make this quick because this one's called Quick Takes from the Continuum Number 2. I did one like this before where I did quick reviews of a bunch of different uh, newly released albums. That's what I'm doing right here. It's going to be eight albums, and I'm going to go through them as quickly as I can. You know me, right? But this is a Podfast, so that's what we have to do. I'm going in reverse alphabetical order. These have all been released in the last, I don't know, three to four weeks, and I've listened to them all. I've got my takes on them, right? So, first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool it down. I'm subtitling this. Heat it back up. I like the yeah, yeah, yeah. They were never my favorites, but I appreciated Karen O. I appreciated their sound. I appreciated when they came around. Was it 15 years ago or something like that or longer? I appreciate the song Maps, certainly, and a few of their others. This out, so I was not necessarily predisposed to love anything of theirs or love their albums. And I, I say these things because I don't think every reviewer is qualified to review everything at the same level of expertise or quality. And that certainly applies to this. But I did listen to it because I find it interesting. I find them interesting. And I find it interesting that they haven't put out an album in years and years and they finally have. And it's being talked about. Now, that can often lead to. Uh, over an overabundance of acclaim for uh, an artist that's already been acclaimed just because they're back, right? But then again, a lot of artists come back and don't necessarily do things as well as the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs have done here. Now, I think I know why they called it Cool It Down, because in general, it seems like it's a cooler vibe than other things that they have done. But you know what? I don't know their stuff that well, right? And to my taste... Based on what I know of theirs, I find it to be extremely electronic and in, a, in very creative ways. Sonically, it sounds just very, very nice. In certain ways, it's beautiful to listen to. Uh, and I can understand certain level of pressure of having to, you know, recreate some kind of success that you had in the past. And the fact that they, they're clearly doing this because they want to and because, you know, Karen O's done stuff with Danger Mouse and I don't know the other guys all that well or their names, but I know that they've all been active in various ways. And so to come back together and do this, it means a lot to them. And I believe they had a wonderful time doing it as well, which is a great thing. And you can hear the ease with which they 
were able to come together. Not that, you know, making music is easy, but you know what I'm saying. And it's a very listenable album. I I wanted it to have more energy, but that's me. I just wanted it to. And it, it, it proves what I have found with a lot of the chronologies I've done, which is that older artists who uh, are out of their moment has passed, quote unquote, and they're not struggling to stay relevant or have hits, so to speak, often do their best work then. They're like, well, we're just going to do what we want. And I think that, that there's something to be said for this album. Sometimes that'll lead to renewed success, certainly renewed interest. My favorites, uh, I enjoyed Spitting Off the Edge of the World, Wolf and Fleas. Number two, Simple Minds, album Direction of the Heart, subtitling this segment, You Forgot About Them which if you know Simple Minds, you know that song from The Breakfast Club, Don't You Forget About Me, uh, or their follow-up hit, Alive and Kicking, but it's particularly Don't You Forget About Me. They weren't one-hit wonders, but that's what most people know them for. I had no idea that they've been putting out music consistently for 40, almost 45 years. I think they got together in 77, their first album was 79, something like that. I haven't listened to much of their stuff at all. And didn't know that they've only gone no more than five years between albums that entire time. And so this album just came out today as of this taping, October 21st. Don't know when you're watching it, 2022. And you can feel the consistency. You can feel the passion. I can, for some reason here, I think, is his name Jim Kerr? I, I forget the name of the lead singer. Sounds very much like he's always sounded. I can hear his accent more than usual on this. It kind of settled into who he is, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they're Scottish. This is a very Euro pop rock album. And some of that stuff I love and some of it, you know, whatever. But you, if you know Euro pop, you'll understand what I mean, like Eurovision and, and, and other types of music. Uh, Robin, although I know, but you know what I'm saying. There's so much passion, uh, somewhat interesting lyrics, I think, that the music gets better when they get more away from the le- the electro as a bass and use it just as ambient dressing or as, you know, things to put into the rock band, which is why my favorite song is Solstice Kiss. It, it, to me, inherits the mantle of Don't You Forget About Me. Act of Love, I also really enjoy. And Runners Up are Who Killed Truth and Planet Zero. The first two tracks they released as singles uh, were not the tops for me. So please dig deeper and listen to the rest of the album. Second half of the album, to me, stronger than the first. Gets me to Rina Sawayama. This is number three, for those of you counting at home. Her new album, Hold the Girl, which is, I subtitle this segment, Hold to Production Choke. This is a way more pop album than her previous album, and I think that's by design. It seems pretty clear to me that uh, she is doing what she wants and hopefully not being you know, guided too much by any one person. The album has a a very kind of art electro pop sound with interesting quirks here and there, but a caveat I'll talk about in a second. It sounds very much like Lady Gaga, Madonna, Demi Lovato. And to me, a lot of the stuff that's done on this album has been done over and better by others in terms of production. I'm not talking about the songwriting or singing. And uh, even Liz Fair in her, you know, eponymous album, to me, did, you know, better in some ways, although that's different. I will say that that's different. But 
I don't like these producers. I do not like Paul Epworth, Clarence Clarity, Stuart Price, and Marcus Anderson. Um, the only one whose work I know fairly well is Stuart Price, and there are some things that he's done with other artists that I do like. But I looked up the rest, and of what I could find, I don't really enjoy the artists that they work with, and that must be because I don't enjoy the sound that they create, and I don't didn't really enjoy the sound of this album. For some reason, it very it wears very quickly. And some people say, well, it's over-compressed, and that may be true, but I think the producers were trying to get too clever. They were trying to get too clever and somehow trumped themselves and ended up not, to me, not really doing anything surprising, which if you're going to be clever, then be surprising. And what's what, what I find interesting is that Rina Sawayama is known as someone who doesn't stick to one genre, and this album certainly does not stick to one genre, but I feel like, and I respect she goes wherever she wants, I, res- I I feel like that the the lyrics are not are only sometimes borne out by the music. And yes, I like you know lyrics with contrasting music, whatever. But in this case, I feel like the lyrical content was in many ways diminished by the whole album being way too polished sounding. Doesn't have enough rawness. It doesn't have enough air to it. Um, but. I do. I did enjoy "Catch Me in the Air." Uh, it, it, to me, that sounds like organic electro power pop. Like it is what it was meant to be. Uh, I liked "Hurricanes." I like "Send My Love to John," which I know is very personal. I liked "Imagining," uh, and then, but for whatever reason, it just it was interesting to listen to, but not fun. And not every album has to be fun, but it should hit you then in a place where it resonates. And it just wasn't resonating. Next album, The Pixies, Doggerel. Subtitled, Their Time is Always. And I say this because when I listened to this album, I realized how seminal they were for so many bands in the 90s. And they started in the 80s, and yes, they influenced Nirvana, but they influenced so many other bands. And you can hear that in this sound. They have basically, this is their classic sound, and it's beautiful. And even though there are certain other elements that are contemporary, maybe the lyrics or certain sounds, what have you, just in general, this sounds like the Pixies being the Pixies and not in a retread kind of way. I mean, my, you know, the the lyrics are intelligent, clever, twisty, personal, and quirky. And all of the performances are top-notch. Frank Black or Black Francis, I forget which one. Uh, he's going by now. His voice sounds amazing. Like everything about this is if you like the Pixies, you got to get this or listen to it, whatever. Nobody gets music anymore. Uh, my favorites are Haunted House, Get Stimulated, Thunder and Lightning. Quick funny note, there is also a Chicago song called Thunder and Lightning. Look it up. It's from not their greatest period, but not their worst. Uh, there's a moon on and Who's More Sorry Now, which is a song that's still running in my head. Next album, Ozzy Osbourne, Patient Number 9. I call this Metal Therapy, which a lot of his stuff is and a lot of people don't realize it. This has just tremendous energy and creative spirit like all his stuff has. And it has the metal, it has pop, it has power pop, it has psychedelica, you know, and, and, and things that he's known for. A lot of great harmonies and a lot of great guests. Uh, Jeff Beck, Mike McCready, just, uh, I don't remember all of them. I don't know if there's one song that's, oh, that sticks to your ribs and you'll remember it forever. 
but they do punch you, you know, in the ribs. And not just because they're strong songs with power, but lyrically, uh, you know, they reflect a lot of what Ozzy's gone through recently with his, uh, you know, mental, uh, physical health and his, you know, getting older. He's in his 70s, I think, existentialism and all of that stuff. It's also often overlooked how liberal and peace-loving Ozzy has been his entire life. And even when you hear like, uh, what is it, Iron Man is an anti-war song, you know, and people associate metal and Black Sabbath in many ways. Uh, and Ozzy, uh, even Crazy Train is is actually a very compassionate song, you know, as far as the world's going crazy, we need to find, you know, love and other things in the world. Listen to the lyrics when you listen to this album. And I think you'll be rewarded. Uh, also, I think uh, this kind of force is is missing from a lot of recent rock. Um, doesn't matter, really. Rock can be whatever it wants to be. But I think when it gets too cutesy, then it misses something. Sometimes. Favorites here are Patient Number 9 featuring Jeff Beck and Immortal featuring Mike McCready of Pearl Jam. Next album, Dr. John. Things happen that way. And I call this Beautiful Elegy. Because this is a posthumous album. He died just a short while ago. It was a couple of years ago, I guess. And uh, he's always been saying, I want to do his chronography. I haven't done it yet. I've been in love with New Orleans for a very long time, but especially it's the couple times that I have visited there and plan to go back soon. And his kind of music is something that, that I just associate with. And uh, I have often imitated his voice and singing just for fun for whatever reason i seem to be able to do that well this album is i believe all cover songs and i know it was obviously put together after his death and they say that some of the stuff was uh sanctioned by him before he you know or his creative input was used before he died and some of the stuff was put together after i don't i don't care you know the fact that there is a dr john album a new one is a wonderful thing to me because i remember his album from a few years ago and really enjoying that and this may not have the same kind of oomph and personal nature that original stuff does but but he chose uh covers that really illustrate that kind of end of life feel that he was going through uh surprise wonderful cover uh traveling wilbury's end of the line i was i was like wow is he doing this one this is awesome and there's a guest vocalist on that and a couple other ones called um her name is katie pruitt never heard of her amazing voice look up katie pruitt Uh, i also like i walk on gilded splinters and guess things happen that way and yeah again it's not his most representative album of who he is please listen to more of dr john but it is clearly him all the way no matter what anyone else might say. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Death Cab for Cutie. Another return from the, you know, uh, ashes, so to speak. Asphalt Meadows. And I call this subtitle this Better Hole. So Hole, W-H-O-L-E. For those of you who are only listening, okay. I mean, pick, pick the hole that you like. I have always vibed with Death Cab for Cutie. They have that kind of electro art indie pop thing that in other hands can get maybe too cutesy or too wearing, but they've always done it well. I think that's in part because it's produced in a way that's not too claustrophobic. There's air in there. And I like that. Also a quick note before I get too much into this album, if you don't know where their name comes from, 
I'm a huge Beatles fan. I will be doing episodes on the Beatles this season in the movie Magical Mystery Tour as the Beatles enter, I don't know, a ballroom or something. There is a band playing in the background. And the song that they were playing, and you can hear the name of the song sung, is called Death Cab for Cutie. That's where the name of this band came from. Uh, I think uh, that Ben Gibbard's voice uh, is, you know, limited in its own way, but he knows that and he uses it to excellent effect. And and I love his lyrics. I think that uh, even though this is indie pop, has some pop sounding elements, the production leans more into the indie rock vibe, which is to me what makes it a more successful production wise than Rina Sawayama's. Uh, because there should, there's rock in her album too, but it doesn't feel rock at all. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't sound rock. And, and knowing where she comes from, that's kind of sad. Um, I think this album has some elements of Japanese Breakfast. It has some elements of Owl City, if you remember them. And that's kind of cool. There's lots of musing on aging and death and the pandemic, but there's gentility and hope and, and, and uh, compassion and all of that. And plus, I'm into that. If you just watch my recent Death is Dumb episode, you'll know that. Uh, I first heard the the single Here to Forever on Colbert and was not wowed. But that's because to me, A, there are stronger songs in the album, but, but B, this is music that actually functions better as a whole. This is an album that you can listen through from beginning to end and appreciate both the album and the individual songs more for having done that. It creates a world and you understand the world better when you hear it all. My favorites are I Don't Know How I Survive, Roman Candles, Yes, Here to Forever, Foxglove Through the Clear Cut, I Miss Strangers. Great title. And I think you know why that was uh, written. I'll Never Give Up on You. And then finally, Alves, which I think it's how it's pronounced, A-L-V-V-A-Y-S, their album Blue Rev. And I subtitle this Moody Blue Power Pop. So this band hasn't been around very long. They've only had, I think, two full-length albums, a bunch of VPs, things like that. I remember, and I think, is were they the ones who did a single with Robert Smith of The Cure? I think so. I can't fully remember. I, it could be, oh no, that's Churches, which also has a V in it. Anyway, Always is a band that I need to get more into because they're the kind of, it's a kind of listening experience where your first impression is not necessarily correct. And so I, and I feel like that's what happened here because sometimes music that seems straightforward and initially commonplace, when you listen to it more than once, more than twice, you start to hear the nuances, not just in the lyrics, but in the production itself and in the way people sing or play the instruments. And yes, this is moody and ambient, but it's also power pop. And when you put those things together, it's it's kind of amazing to me why I haven't fallen in love with Always before. And so when I listened to this, I listened to it a first time and said, I should be liking this more, what's not happening. So I listened to it a second time and things just started to click, to click. I mean, the you know, I had a bunch of favorite songs and I've only listed now Bored in Bristol, Lottery Noises, Many Mirrors, Very Online Guy. But as you know, I create playlists every year and I kept thinking, I need to add this one. I need to add this one. This one, because the more I listened to it, the more I realized I love that combination of power, amb- ambience, pop, and moodiness. It's an infectious combination if it's done well. And if you give Alves more than one listen, 
you will you will hear that it's been done well by them. Those are my quick takes, eight quick takes, as quick as I could go at least. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm gonna of Podfast number six. And if I am not crushed, then I will see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.